Sports Professor Rick Harrow, and we are on the record. Every week, this podcast will take you inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, the top deal-making issues, the top tech issues, and the top social responsibility issues, plus a blockbuster interview with someone who you might not have heard from in the world of sports, but having a profound effect on its impact. Let's get started. Sports Professor Rick Carlin said the $1.3 trillion business of sports. It just gets bigger. Inside the deal-making issues, three to one. Three. Deal-making issue number three. Sports betting in Indiana enjoyed a huge month in October as licensed sports books in the state posted a handle of over $460 million. Not only did they break the $400 million monthly handle for the first time ever, but they shattered the previous record handle set in September by nearly $105 million. Nearly two-thirds of that amassed through its online app, but $21.6 million wagered in its network of retail sports books all across the states. And the state, during that time, had $3.2 million in tax revenue and maybe even more. Success for the state, deal-making issue number three. Two. It was a big week of new scenery for Odell Beckham Jr. He also joined Aura Ring as a brand ambassador. He joined two separate rosters on Thursday. The free agent contract with the Rams and partnering with Sleep Tracking Company, Aura Health, as a new brand ambassador. Serves as creative director for the new promotional campaign, which follows the recent release of its new Aura Ring Generation 3. The latest venture of Aura follows more daytime metrics, such as workout heart rate monitoring, in addition to its signature sleep tracking. In supporting Aura, Beckham joins a group of star athletes that include Chris Paul, Kate Ledecky, Lindsey Vaughn, Carissa Moore, all four of whom have won Olympic gold medals. And Aura previously partnered with the NBA and NBPA, NASCAR and World Surf League, NBA, uh, NFLPA, has an agreement with Whoop, probably a competitor, but both really succeeding in the marketplace. One. Now number one, L.A. Kings and Winmark Corporation launched the first of its kind partnership benefiting youth sports and hockey development programs across Southern California. The official resale partner of the LA Kings and includes community-based donation and resale programs designed to help fund increased access to hockey and other sports for underserved youth throughout the region. New relationship provides Winmark with enhanced visibility across the Kings and deepens its ties to vibrant sports and live entertainment to fans across Southern California, strategically important market for funding franchise brands like Played Against Sports, Plato Closet, Once Upon a Child, Style Encore, and Musical Round. The agreement also marks Winmark's first official partnership with an NHL team, but it gives you an example of how community involvement can be incredibly creative, which leads us really to our guest. He's a former All-American defensive tackle and graduate of Florida State University, bachelor's degree in information studies, and Corey Simon, drafted in the first round of the 2000 NFL draft, played eight seasons in the league, drafted by the Eagles, then Titans, Colts, and he entered the private sector after retiring from the NFL with the Gabor Agency as VP of Community Relations, but quickly he created Corey Simon's Success Center in Tallahassee. He created Corey's Kids as part of Governor Scott's Camps for Kids, Camps for Champions program, and also 
He's been the president of the Big Bend Pop Warner Little Scholars football, cheer, and dance. Strong opinions on that, but as important, just appointed by Governor DeSantis as the CEO of Volunteer Florida in December of this last year and joins about his passion for citizenship and building up Florida's communities, sports, debate, agreeing to agree, public-private partnerships, volunteerism, all important in today's post-pandemic sports world. I give you Corey Simon. Before we talk about Corey's kids and all of the stuff that you're doing today, uh, give us a snapshot of your current career in your in the NFL. Did you leave at the right time? Did you get everything you wanted out of it? What's your perspective? You know what I, I, I did. You know, for me, of course, you you want to leave with a Super Bowl ring, and and, and I was on that team uh, that won a Super Bowl in, in Indianapolis, but uh, due to injury, just really wasn't a part of it. Um, but Outside of walking away with a with a, a ring, uh, everything else I, I really enjoyed. Um, you know, it's it's the business of football. Um, you know, I, I made great relationships with friends and that, that that I still hold near and dear now. Uh, great teammates. Um, just just the opportunity. Uh, you know, when I walked out of the NFL, uh, you know, when I was in Tennessee and sitting down with Jeff Fisher right before I made the announcement to retire. He said something very profound to me, and he says, Corey, you took an opportunity and you made it a career. And and that's the way I look at it. It, it was a tremendous opportunity. I was fortunate enough to play eight uh, eight seasons, and, and I walk away with no regrets. I, I don't wake up in the morning wishing I would have done uh, anything else. Um, I don't regret my career, and uh, it, it's, it's a good place to be. I'm at peace with the day that I walked out of that office and, and said that I was done, and I haven't looked back since. Who was the best offensive lineman you ever played against? Oh, man, I, I think it was uh, – there's so many, but I, I think Will Shields um, played for Kansas City, mm-hmm. pro, uh, Hall of Famer, um, and uh, had a really good battle with him over an arrowhead. And and uh, we didn't see them very often, but that was a good night uh, for me. Uh, but, but Will absolutely brought the best out of me, and so I really enjoyed playing against him. All right, we're going to get to business in a second, but here's my question. If you had a choice of stuffing a running back behind the line, sacking a quarterback, or recovering a fumble, what is it? Oh, it's a sack, right? That, that's, that, is, that is, you know, that's the touchdown for a defensive lineman, right? It, it is any time you get a chance to hit the Golden Boys, uh, the guys that hmm. make all the money, they, they get all of the, all of the, uh, all of the shine, um, yeah, no, I I love hitting quarterbacks. Matter of fact, I take a quarterback sack over a touchdown, uh, just because wow. I get to in, inflict a little bit of pain, and and that's that was always fun back then. All right, so the so the golden boy, the, you know, the Pandora's box. We were all ready to go to business, but the, we can't let this one sit. So the golden boy uh, analogy. So are the are the quarterbacks too pampered today? The uh, you know, uh, landing on the quarterback with your full body weight as a 15-yard flag and all that. What, what do you think of all this? It goes against everything that Reggie Reggie White taught me. He, he, you know, I, the sack master, the minister of defense, uh, had a chance to, to spend some time with him before he passed away. And, and Reggie showed me how to sack the quarterback. And, and now uh, I'd be fined and darn near kicked out of the game uh, for touching him. Now, it, it, is, it has gotten the point where it's just about embarrassing you can't hit them below the knee you can't hit them above the neck and if your hand happens to 
swipe across their face. You get a penalty for that, and it is absolutely ridiculous. I'll tell you what, if Corey Simon was in the league today, there would be one mad Corey Simon let loose at quarterbacks. I'm kind of glad you're doing what you're doing today. That's all I got to say. <laughs> well, uh, after after eight long seasons and, and, <laughs> and countless games, I'm, I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing today, too, because uh, what I do now doesn't hurt nearly as much on a, on a Monday morning. Well, and it provides a whole lot of good. So half a segue into that, the president of the Pop Warner uh, Little Scholars, the uh, the the bend, I guess it's the I-10, the Tallahassee, the Leon County group, but Pop Warner is so much bigger than that. It's cheerleading, it's dance, it's everything else. You've been doing it for a long time, and, and Pop Warner has come under, in my way of thinking, really unjustified attack in recent years. So talk about how good it is for kids and where it's going. You know what? I, I, I look at what Pop Warner for me means, and, and I got involved in this thing uh, back when my son was uh, six years old, and and now he'll be 19 here uh, in a month. Uh, and I look at the light that comes on for a lot of kids. Um, they all want to feel like they are successful at something. And so uh, when you talk about youth sports, um, you may have a kid that may not be the, the best student, right? And he doesn't get the pat on the back because he doesn't bring home the A's or um, or, you know, he, he may not be artistically inclined. So he's, he's not a, he doesn't have, he doesn't draw well, or he doesn't paint well, or can't stay within the lines. But when he gets out on the field or when a young lady gets on the sidelines and she hits a stunt, um, that she's been working on all season long and you see that light come on for those kids, uh, it is something special. It, that it, it's the pride that they find in themselves the confidence that they find in themselves. Uh, it's the relationships that they build. It's the character that is developed, it's the uh, learning how to win, but also learning how to lose and learn. Um, all of these things, uh, youth sports and Pop Warner uh, specifically, uh, teach them. Uh, it's the ultimate team game, uh, whether you're talking about football or you're talking about cheerleading. Uh, it's all team-focused. Um and so to be a part of that for the last over the last decade uh, in the leadership role as the president of Big Ben Pop Warner, um, I get a chance to see that light shine for our kids. Uh, I've always said if more places in this country can be like a locker room or be like a team, we'd be a better place. We'd be a better country um, because it's the one place that unites us all. We come together for a common goal, a common bond, and it doesn't matter what our background is. It doesn't matter what church we go to. It doesn't matter what God we serve. It doesn't matter what religion. It doesn't matter what political party. It's all about the goal. And and so to see kids get that and understand that and start to understand that at a very young age uh, and play a big part in that, uh, it, it gives me joy. Well, it gives everybody joy about your philanthropic work. You, uh, after retirement, fast-forward, community relations uh, VP at the Gabor Agency. But uh, more to the point on this stuff, Corey's Kids and the Corey Simon Success Center, segueing into what you're doing now, that was is very important. Talk about that Camps for Champions stuff as well. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it, it was uh, when I retired, or even while I was still playing, the, the off-season was, for me, about giving back. Um, growing up down in South Florida, down in Pompano Beach, always had coaches and um, 
members of the community that came back and they helped out, whether it be uh, with football, whether it be class, whether it be SAT prep, all of these things where someone was always kind of reaching back and helping um, helping me and, and kids like me in, in our community. And, and it was something that was just ingrained in me at an early age. And so uh, to be able to have the resources um, and the bandwidth to do some of those things for uh, kids that grew up like myself um, just made sense. Um, I tell people all the time, I like being around young people because they're brutally honest. And um, to, to, to sit back and listen to what they say and to hear their emotions and uh, their struggles and, and being able to help them navigate that space uh, means a lot. And so uh, doing it with my own nonprofit for years, uh, and of course I'm a success center and then going on and, and doing my work with the governor uh, at that time, Governor Scott, uh, with, with, Corey's, uh, with Corey's kids and our foster care system and partnering with Department of Children and Families. Um, it was just, it, it, it's one of those things where it's a lot of fun and, and young people that have come through my program and that I spend time with, uh, they get it. They said, well, if it's not fun, Coach Corey is not into it. And, uh, and, and so that's why I do it. It, it really keeps me young, um, but it also gives them uh, a sense of purpose and hope and um, instills some of those values to go back and do the same. So the biggest one for last, kind of Governor DeSantis tapped you as the CEO of Volunteer Florida this last December, and it's part of your passion for citizenship and building up Florida's communities. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so you know, it was one of those things that kind of came out of nowhere. It was it wasn't something that I was looking for, um, and you never know who's watching, right? You you never under you know when you're in the business of service, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. Um, it, it, you're not looking at yourself. You're not focused on you. You're focused on the, the job of serving uh, the community and the people that uh, that are, that need you the most. And so, uh, when I got that call from the governor and asked me what I what I take over as volunteer volunteer Florida, uh, ultimately I said, well, you know, I get a chance to do for 67 counties of the state of Florida what I've been trying to do uh, for Leon County for the last decade or last two decades. And so. It was a no-brainer for me, uh, having the opportunity to be on the other side of, of the ledger. Right? For so many years, I was that nonprofit trying to find dollars and raise money um, to, to be able to put together programming and, 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 and have something for the kids that I was, that I was serving. Uh, and now I'm on the other side of that ledger where I can bring those dollars to nonprofits all over the state of Florida and, and administer that AmeriCorps program. So that is a lot of fun. That, that is something that wakes me up in the morning excited to walk in the office um, so that we can do more. And I think from a volunteer standpoint, um, you know, it's, it's the most selfless thing you can do. And uh, to have that as a job is, is quite, quite honestly, it's unreal and, and, and surreal. Well, you've only had it since December, but you're clearly making your mark on all of this. And then one of the final tie-ins, which I think will lead to a lot of stuff, hopefully, that I'll have the honor of working with you on, we spent some time this before the taping a couple days before at the Florida Civics and Debate uh, National Championship in Orlando, and part of the conversation is the creation of a sports debate process with the help and through the Commissioner of Education, Richard Corcoran, and folks, Tara Tedrow, Chris Dordworth, and others, but it's a great example, I think, of 
the uh, agree but disagree, being passionate, uh, prepared, uh, uh, but hugging it out at the end. And the one thing that uh, is interesting is we saw debaters do it. We see people in sports do that. Uh, you know, what, what do you think of, of what, we, what we've been talking about and kind of uh, hatched uh, long-term relative to, uh, you know, calling debate a sport and helping attract kids that way? Well, I tell you, I couldn't have been more impressed uh, with the quality of young men and women that were in Orlando this past weekend. Um, just the, the hard work, the dedication, the focus that you see putting into their arguments uh, and being able to do it civilly, right? If, if, if more of our, our, our adults, right, the, the adults in the room uh, can get an opportunity to see some of these uh, young people engage in debate and, it, and you walk away and it's much like a game, right? You fight against the guy an entire game where, you know, it's, it's, it's blood, it's sweat, it's tears, it's a whole deal. And at the end of the game, you hug it out. You see boxers do it all the time or MMA fighters do it all the time, but you see that at the, at, at our, uh, at the debate championships and, and these kids were cheering for one another as they're walking across the stage and, you see that, you know, it's not, it was never personal. It was cordial. It was sportsmanship. It was, you know, it's, it's the, it's the best of us. And so I think uh, as this thing grows and getting an opportunity to one day, hopefully see it on ESPN where more eyes can be focused on it and saying, you know what, we can, we can disagree without being disagreeable. And uh, there can be an offense, but I, I, I don't have to take offense. Um, you know, it's, it's that type of, um, uh, it's, it's that type of action and, and response that we need, uh, in our, in our communities. Um, so that we're able to get some things, some real things done. Uh, I think we spend way too much time fighting and not enough time, uh, having conversations and, uh, and these young people, they figured out a way to do it and they've done it well. And I was very impressed. Corey still has and does have incredible perspective in this entire world. We're going to be hearing a lot more with him. Honored to be working with him in many contexts. Let's look at the Sports Tech Minute. The Zone launches Innovation Hub and buys streaming startup Texel, the social streaming provider whose employees and intellectual property will become part of DAZN X, company's innovation hub. DAZN, available as a direct consu- consumer premium subscription, has become a major rights holder especially in countries such as Japan, Germany, and Italy, where it broadcasts domestic soccer league matches in addition to several international sports circuits. And since its 2018 launch in the U.S., Zone is focused primarily on combat sports, such as boxing and MMA, although not every deal has worked out. Now available in more than 200 countries, Texel synchronizes broadcasts and enables interactive commentary, betting, gaming, and shopping as well as personalization of the experience. And all 50 of its Tel Aviv-based employees will join the Zone X, which supports the company's streaming product everywhere it's available. That's your Sports Tech Minute. Finally, we've talked a lot about a lot of these issues today, but let's talk about the Good Sports Minute and sports philanthropy in and out of the pandemic. L.A. Sports and Windmark Corporation, the first-of-its-kind partnership with youth sports and hockey across Southern Cal, we already talked about. The Florida Panthers search for a magic hockey stick 
as they launch a sports tech startup challenge. The winner of this technological innovation challenge receives tickets to an upcoming Panthers home game, custom Panthers jersey, and in-game recognition of their winning product. Obviously very important. Minnesota Twins packed 10 startups for inaugural Tech Stars Accelerator, and it also runs an Indianapolis Sports Accelerator program in partnership with the Pacers and the Colts. One team partners with Will Ventures to connect athletes with startups, a very familiar kind of theme. The one team group holds group licensing rights to more than 4,000 athletes across several players' associations in the NFL, MLB, women's uh, WNBA, MLS, and the U.S. women's national soccer team and U.S. rugby. The deal will also allow one team represented athletes to invest or further collaborate with startups backed by Will Ventures. Will Ventures invested in companies such as Electromagnetism Muscle Recovery Startup Impact Systems, youth sports management apps, sports data companies, and at-home boxing machines. What will they think of next? Finally, World Triathlon to trial race ranger sensors to combat drafting in cycling. It'll trial these events in New England, in New Zealand, sorry, before evaluating the system for expanded global use. Funds also go to charity. Common theme, charity, philanthropy, entrepreneurialism. That's our show today. We'd like to thank Corey Simon for all he does and the time that he gives. We'd like to thank all of you who helped put this show together. We'd like to thank those who listen and watch and join us next week when we go inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports again. It's Rick Harrell. Speak with you soon.